Welcome to Start Canada Podcast, where we interview startup founders, innovators, and thought leaders from the heart of Canada who are challenging the status quo, scaling their business, and bringing new ideas to life. Tune in with me, your host, Margot Miller, to hear firsthand exactly how they did it. Start Canada Podcast is powered by the Manitoba Technology Accelerator and Tech Manitoba and sponsored by Scotiabank. In this unique episode, we speak with two business leaders from either side of the entrepreneurship coin. From the startup side, we have the pleasure of talking to Michelle Leona, owner and head brewer of Wolseley Kombucha, a woman-owned and operated business and Manitoba's first kombucha brewery. And also someone who has been nominated for Woman Entrepreneur of the Year Award for the last three years running. As well, we have Caroline Shanzek, the regional lead here in the heart of Canada for Futurepreneur. Now, Futurepreneur is Canada's only national nonprofit organization that provides financing, mentorship, and support tools to aspiring business owners, specifically age 18 to 39. Gaining insight from both the perspective of the startup founder as well as that of the industry enabler, you're going to get some great tips on how to leverage the power of your network and use mentorship to get ahead as well as some amazing tips for securing grants and funding here in Canada. So if you're 18 to 39 and you're looking for tips to grow your business, tune into this episode to hear firsthand anecdotes from both the startup and the support agency on how best to work together and leverage available resources. So here today, Michelle, Caroline, welcome to Start Canada Podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having us. Yes, very happy to have both of you. And like I said in your introduction, they're from different sides of the coin. So I think that's going to be a really fun part of today's conversation. Michelle, why don't you start us off? Tell us a bit about Wolseley Kombucha and your journey as a business owner. So Wolseley Kombucha has been around since 2016. The business started in my home kitchen. Um, I just started basically brewing kombucha for my friends and family and I realized I was actually really good at it. So at that point, um, I moved into a shared kitchen in the exchange. So brewing all around the clock, different hours of the night. Um, and from there, I still worked my regular job. So I was working full time um, as an imaging technologist. And then on evenings and weekends, I would brew in the kitchen and uh, selling my product at uh, farmer's markets and friends and family. And then I took the leap and did my business plan. And um, now we have our own space, uh, 749 Wall Street. So we have a 1,400 square foot facility uh, with a tap room, my office, and a receiving area. I have eight staff people, and I'm almost in my going to be writing my next business plan for the next step. Oh, okay, that's exciting. <laughs> we can talk about that later. Yeah, please. And for those who don't know, will you tell us a little bit about what kombucha is or how it's made? So kombucha is a fermented tea. So it's made by fermenting tea, sugar with a kombucha culture. Um, it's you let it sit for about 30 days and it basically the culture transforms the sugar into alcohol, then from alcohol into organic acids. So it's a symbiotic of bacteria and yeast. And so you learn about this process and you thought to yourself, this is what I want to do. What, what drew you into kombucha in the first place? So I had a lot of gut issues. Um, at a really young age, I was really sick and I was on a lot of antibiotics. And um, I, this was just like the beginning of like, my whole, I guess, like, you know, health and how important it is. And so I started drinking kombucha and um, everything changed. My whole life changed. My gut was back to normal. And from there, I started, you know, drinking kombucha and buying a lot of it from the store. So I thought, you know what, let me try to figure out how to make it myself. And at that point, no one in Winnipeg was making it locally. 
and it was hard to even find a culture. Um, but it's interesting because there's actually a bit of a love story here. So my friend's mom was making kombucha. So she taught me how to make it. And now that's my husband. So oh my it's goodness. interesting how, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And so she taught me, me from both sides. Yeah. So she taught me to make kombucha and now, you know, we have a whole life together. So it's crazy to see like where that journey has gone. Has she helped on the business along the way? You know, she's a, she's a supporter and she would help me if I asked her, but she just likes to cheer me on Support. from the sidelines. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Wonderful. And Caroline, you met Michelle through Futurepreneur, right? Absolutely. And Michelle is a great example of like evolution of an entrepreneur, you know, starting out with something that she's very passionate about and doing it as a side hustle as she was an imaging technician, right? Yeah, for 12 years. That's right. And, you know, um, as she's building out her business, she came to us um, for one of our uh, series supported by RBC Future Launch, the Rock My Business series. And Michelle went through that. And I didn't meet her until she was a little bit further in her journey, um, coming on to Futurepreneur a little yeah. bit afterwards. And um, she, she had just... Uh, gotten into her 1,400 square foot brewing space, which is amazing. And very humble, Michelle, also did all of this and became a mom. Yes. At the same time. Yeah. Yeah, it was a tricky time. Yeah. <laughs> a lot was happening. Um, but like like our production space, we had looked two years for it. So when we found it, even though I was like nine months pregnant, I was like, we're taking it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not looking looking for another space. Because it's tricky when you're finding a production space because it has to, like the city has to also give you the proper zoning. Mm. Um, so yeah, so it was definitely a very whirlwind couple of years. Is there a secret to doing all that while also being pregnant and then having a kid? Like if you were to give advice to other female mom entrepreneurs? I think if you have a lot of passion, you don't even really feel like you're working a lot. I think it's just like the drive. Like for me, it was a good time too, because I was transitioning from my imaging career to, I guess, you know, an entrepreneur or, you know, owner of Wolseley Kombucha. So it was a good time too to make that transition. But I think if you have a lot of drive and you have a lot of passion, like just give it your all. Yeah. Now, Caroline, for those who don't know, tell us a little bit more about what Futurepreneur is as an organization in general. Right. So we're a national nonprofit. And what we're really there to do is to solve a problem that faces most youth entrepreneurs, um, not having a plan and not having access to capital. So that's, that's what we're there for. We have the series like the Rock My Business series. Um, that really does like a deep dive into if you have a business idea, where do you go from there? Um, how do you build out a business plan? We have an interactive business plan writer on our website that can guide you through the whole process. Mm -hmm. And um, then how to build out a cash flow and how the two actually integrate into each other. And then, of course, there's the financial uh, product as well, where we, we do have lend loans. Mm -hmm. um, we do lend out, and uh, the loans are for a side hustle program. We also have our startup loan, um, which is the one that you, you took advantage of, which is great. And we work with a variety of other community partners in the entrepreneurial ecosystem, which is also something that I think is very unique to Futurepreneur. And of course, the mentor. We provide a two-year mentor match. Mm -hmm. And um, we've talked to our entrepreneurs. More than half said that they wouldn't have felt that they'd be successful without their mentor. Wow. And for myself, that's kind of how I came on board to Futurepreneur was I was mentoring entrepreneurs in our side hustle program before in my previous career. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. you're a bit of an intrapreneur yourself. That's right. That's yeah. the right word. <laughs> that's right. 
Um, for our mentors, they are volunteer mentors. And uh, we either have entrepreneurs that have a certain uh, year of experience, really just, you know, they know what it's like. They know how lonely it can be being an entrepreneur and really just to be that support or people that are professionals that we consider entrepreneurs. So people that work for a company that have a very entrepreneurial role. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, Carolyn, what's the main difference when dealing with younger entrepreneurs? Because with Futurepreneurs specifically, it's 18 to 39. Mm -hmm. Have you learned along the way that there is a big difference between someone in that age bracket than someone starting a business maybe at a different point? Like, what do you feel like is the standout kind of unique feature of working with young entrepreneurs? I think it's their ability to pivot and not take the answer no. You know, I think that entrepreneurs that are youth entrepreneurs, they really are, are kind of like, um, what's going to take us into the future? It's really, uh, especially now, seeing what's happened through our pandemic. Our youth entrepreneurs really are able to pivot. They see opportunity. They don't take no for an answer. They, They look for more. They try to take advantage of everything that's available out there. And that's something that Michelle has done really well. She's an entrepreneur that has looked for every single, um, I guess, uh, support that's available for entrepreneurs out there, whether it's grants, lending through us, partnering with another partner um, that works with Futurepreneur. She's she's just been amazing. Mm-hmm. And that's why she's so successful. Yeah. And we're going to talk about a bunch of those different things that you leveraged here today, but it does make me think right off the bat, what, um, what about the time that it takes to apply for all of those grants and loans and, and find them all and things like that? Was there ever a point in time where you thought, oh gosh, is this going to be worth all the time I'm investing into it in the first place? I think like after you write your business plan, applying for a grant is like a piece of cake. Like it's, mm. it's so easy. Um, and a, lo- a lot of like the, I guess the lingo or like the terminology, a lot of like the formatting is the same. So because I had just written my business plan, it was a little bit easier for me. Okay. Um, and I really was just hoping like fingers crossed that I got it and I did get it. And a lot of people will get approved because there's not a lot of people applying for them. So I say just just take the time. Like if it takes you six hours or longer, some of them took me longer to do. Like in the beginning, writing like the first one was difficult, but and a lot of them you can apply year after year after year. So I okay. applied, and even if you're successful, you can keep you, you can, can continue. Ask for it again. They might not give you that like big big amount that they give you on the first time, but like mm. I applied again and I got. Uh, you know, it's anything helps when yeah. you're an entrepreneur. Like any grant, any amount is helpful. So. Yeah. If you just keep applying and there's lots of other grants out there. Yep. Like there's tons. You just yeah, have to well, I'm going to ask you about some specific ones in a little bit here. For now, tell me when you were talking about your, your quick journey overview of, of going from start to today, at one point you quit your existing job. That was a really good one. And you came into this career with both feet. What was that decision like? And, and what point were you, did you feel like you were able to do that? Was it a revenue goal? Was it just when it became a certain amount of time consuming? Tell us about that decision. So, well, my mat leave was done. <laughs> so, um, during my mat leave, like I, I, I only took a week off technically. So I had the baby, took a week off and then I was, you know, pretty much back into it. Um, but being an entrepreneur, you know, it's not nine to five. So, you know, I just brought the baby with me wherever I went. And, um, I knew that I likely wasn't going back to the job. I thought, you know, maybe I can go back as a point two, or maybe I can try to fit it in. And then really when it came down to it, like, my Wolseley Kombucha is a full-time job now. And it's important for me to spend time with my family. So we, my husband and I just kind of crunched the numbers and we're like, you know, we can make this work. So 
it was a difficult decision though, to say like, okay, like that's like to close that door and to close that chapter. But, um, I made the decision last August and, and here we are, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> There's no turning back. So. Wonderful. Um, and at that point where you're, where someone's deciding to start a business, you guys have both alluded to some good things you should kind of do before you get started, but let's put those right on the table for those listening <laughs> that are curious. So what are the best practices? You're about to, you know, launch yourself into a business. What should you have lined up or prepared already at that point? I can say for yeah. me, um, I never understood. I, I went to school to be an imaging technologist. So I have my background is in science. I didn't go to business school. Um, and I never realized the importance of a business plan because when you write your business plan, it asks you all of the questions um, for your business. And you think like, oh, you know, you're going to just like you're going to um, build a space. Like, what does that entail? So it really makes you fine tune your business idea and it makes you realize how much it's going to cost. How are you going to do it and how are you going to get there? So like the Rock My Business Plan template really made me realize, okay, this is what I need to do. So that's, it really is a business plan. Yeah. You know, yeah. so and I would say the first, because lots of people start businesses and they don't have a business plan. And I have no idea how they would do it. Cause you really, it's, you have no, you just don't really know all of the different details that you need to know. So my first piece of advice would be to write that business plan. Mm -hmm. Even properly defining your audience or your customer, right? It goes into every facet mm -hmm. of your business mm -hmm. and like how you're going to execute it. Yeah. Like you want your product in Ontario. Well, how's it going to get there? You know, and, or you want your product in this kind of, you know, a 50 ml bottle or whatever it is. Where are you going to get your bottles from? How much are they going to cost? Like it makes you really think about all of the details. What about that line, Caroline, between um, being really well prepared, mm -hmm. but also at some point deciding to just start? Like to start That's a business, right. you have to start at some point, right? <laughs> so do. if you had a business plan that went through like every single penny right. cost, you would never start. That's right. Yeah. You don't want to have analysis paralysis, but oh, I think it really is, you know, just a good blend of both. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, I think though, the secret for the entrepreneurs that we have seen being successful are the ones that really have the plan. And a business plan is something that's going to evolve with your business. It is a living, breathing document. That's mm -hmm. something that we kind of really try to share with our entrepreneurs, that mindset. Um, and when you're planning and seeing the integration, like your cash flow, your costs, and how that goes into your business plan, I think it just really gives you confidence then you can make decisions in a confident place. You've thought things through. If something happens and you need to pivot, like there's a pandemic, oh my goodness, what are we going to do, right? You know, you have thought out different scenarios and you can make your decisions quicker. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's really the, the ones, you know, yes, you do have to start somewhere, but I think start with your idea, expand on that. We say, you know, have a great idea, but start small. And Michelle's a great example of that, where she started it as a side hustle, got things going. You know, do I really love this? Do I love it enough? What's going to happen next? Builds out her business plan, figures out the costs. And here she is with this amazing Winnipeg company now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that just helps you avoid pitfalls, right? Like to your point of pivoting and things like that, mm -hmm. it, it helps you avoid as many hurdles because you've just thought through a little bit more. That's right. Yeah. Um, Michelle, speaking of pitfalls, I know at the beginning, you guys set up some stuff really properly in order to ensure that you were avoiding some of that stuff. I know we talked off air a little bit about label creation and things like that. So tell me a bit about that process of, of setting things up properly from the start, other than just the plan itself. 
So from the beginning, we um, are, you know, eventually, like our intents to get into Sobeys and Safeway. So we built our production space um, that would basically, they would approve that under their guidelines. Same with our labels. Um, we figured, you know, why why not? Let's just do it right from the beginning. So um, having our labels set for Sobeys and Safeway and having our space, now we don't have to go back and fix any of that. That's already all ready to go. Um, we're just working on our food safety plan right now, which is... A lot of work. <laughs> so right from the start, you knew what your end goal was. Your goal was get into large retail well, outlets. And then you started right at the beginning by working backward we from We just there. figured, you know what, like even like with a food safety plan, like if you, if you're already comfortable with like these processes, then when they come and do an audit, it's not as scary. Like our production space um, is gorgeous. It's brand new. But everything was built based on getting approved for those audits and having the labels approved for those audits and things like that. And I find it's like, it's if you do it along the way rather than doing it all when you're ready to get into Sobeys and Safeway, it already kind of, it's already, that's just the norm, right? Yeah. So it just, it's less intimidating. Yeah, of course, less intimidating at that point. Um, but is it worth the work up front always, you know? So were there any other examples of things like that that you guys did where, you know, to so you're planning ahead to make sure that your labels and things are ready for long-term goals, but that might take more time up front. But from your experience, just well worth it to do it, was, it that way? It was a little bit more work for sure, um, but I think it's well worth it because now I don't have to worry about it now. And with our production space, like, um, I should show you pictures of what it looked like before. It was a mill working place, so it was a total gut um, and total rental. So um, making the plans based on Sobeys and Safeway. From the beginning, it just made sense, right? Because our contractor is building everything. Let's just build it all from like perfect from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Now, tell me a little bit about the process too, from going from that mm -hmm. shared kitchen space to having your own space. And even Caroline alluded to some of the crazy hours you were you were working with being pregnant or with child kind of thing. So, so talk about that experience and what you learned maybe in a shared kitchen environment to today. So working in a shared kitchen definitely has its advantages. You pay by the hour. So if you only use three hours, that's all you use. Um, so when you're building out your business or figuring it out, it's a great, um, also to test the market. Like, I don't know if, you know, maybe people don't want kombucha in Winnipeg, right? So it was a really good place to grow my business organically and um, just to see if it's something that I really wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And I think I achieved that. Um, but I mean, it definitely have, has its downsides. I worked, I remember once I was working from 11 p.m. till six in the morning because that's the only time slot I can get. And with kombucha, if it's ready, you have to bottle it. Like sometimes it can't wait that extra day or it can't wait, okay. you know, a couple of days. So, you know, when the, you're booking the kitchen, they're like, well, we have like three hours in the middle of the night. And you're like, okay. I so <laughs> it's, but you know what, like it's, not that it doesn't seem like work is when you're going into work that late. It's any, it does seem like work, but it's just like, I was so passionate about it. And I was like, just go in, get it done. And I'm glad that I was able to test the business rather than jumping in. And like, I feel like if you grow your business more organically, it's just, um, I guess it's just less stressful. I don't know. It's just, it, it's just, a, yeah, it's an you, evolution you of the business. confidence in yourself and in what you're doing because you've had that validation in like That's smaller right. spurts yeah. along yeah, the way. You're, you're testing your value proposition in a way. too. Like I'm not just like jumping right in and then it, it fails, right? It's like the business orga grew organically like over four years. This is your science background <laughs> kicking in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, and now you're in 55 plus retail stores. Mm -hmm. So you have succeeded in continuing to grow the business. That process of getting your product into large 
larger stores. Tell us a bit about what that looks like for someone who might have a food product or beverage that they're trying to envision getting into retail stores one day. So if you have a food product and you're trying to get into the stores, like the first thing is to contact the store manager and just um, usually bring samples or your price sheet and, you know, just schedule some time with them. Um, Most of the stores are, you know, are pretty, I don't want to say easy to get into, but they're mostly pretty approachable. Like all of the co-ops are awesome. Everyone's super friendly. They carry a lot of local products. Um, And then obviously some of the bigger chains are a little bit, um, a little bit I guess I don't want to say difficult, but there's definitely uh, more hoops you have to jump through, right. like having a food safety program. Like even though everything that we're doing in our facility is, is you know, food safety, but you have to have it all on paper. Um, so they need to see that. And there's just a bit more work for that. And so that's what liability. we're working on right now. And it's mm-hmm. no one in Manitoba has done it. So I've had to look for um, someone from Alberta to help me because they've just nobody's worked with getting a kombucha company, a food safety program. Okay. So they might have done it with other products, but yeah. you have to learn it's from very specific to okay. kombucha and like, cause you know, we check the pH and things like that to make sure the product is good. So it's just a little bit, it, nobody in Manitoba knows. So I'm working with a company in Alberta. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And Caroline, from the perspective of right now, we are mm-hmm. in a pandemic and different businesses are succeeding in different ways. Have you seen a trend with food and beverage industry products or startups thriving during this time? Or tell us a bit about what yeah, you're seeing. You know, we definitely have seen an uptake. Um, our our phone lines and our email is just inundated right now with youth um, that are interested in starting businesses, pivoting, seeing um seeing opportunities. And definitely, um, I think being at home, uh, working from home, sure, we're getting a little bit busier in our kitchens and people are trying things out. Um, We definitely have seen an uptake in food and beverage for sure. Um, But again, with all the different uh, lockdowns happening at different times throughout the, you know, the last 11 months, I think to um, entrepreneurs that really have a strong takeout, plan. Just like you have your tap room, you've been able to be open during this entire time. You've got great relations with your different vendors and, um, you know, you're able to get your product out there. Um, entrepreneurs that also are collaborating with each other is a great Mm -hmm. kind of, um, side story on this. I see Michelle collaborating with so many of our other futurepreneur entrepreneurs and other entrepreneurs in the ecosystem. And I think that really has helped people be successful through this pandemic. Yeah, interesting. Michelle, from your side then, with a lot of those collaborations, are they typically paid collaborations? Is it just promotional support of each other? What do those look like usually? So they can look different ways, like whether it's like, um, you know, collaborating with Hudson Mm -hmm. (laughs) Bagel. Um, I mean, they carry our product. Um, They're right in our neighborhood um, and they're awesome. They have the best bagels ever. But, you know, we're we're working on having a Wolseley kombucha bagel. Like, how cool is that? Like, and it's just, I think, also just supporting like a lot of our, like the people that carry my product, like, you know, we, we get, we get their food or we go to their store and we post about it. And it's, it could be as simple as, you know, posting about something. Cause like I grew my business on Instagram. My first sale was on Instagram. So I, I think like, you know, using Instagram as a tool for marketing Mm -hmm. is like, not only is it, you know, just like business, business, but it's also companies that were passionate and, you know, there's been so much support. Um, between the different businesses. Yeah, that's wonderful. Is there a tip if someone thinks another business is a really good business to collaborate with? Like they, it looks as though they're aligned. Would you say just literally reach out to I them? I would just reach out. I think most people are, 
especially like now everyone's very like humble. Everyone's perceptive. Yeah. yeah, And perceptive. And like, I've made so many friends on Instagram and then I meet them in real life and it's, you know, that's just kind of the way it is now. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. Do you think that those social media platforms have changed though, as far as like from getting your first sale a few years ago now to today, as far as like algorithms, just how things have changed. Do you see the product doing equally as well on social as it did at the start? I mean, I th- I would say it does pretty well. Like, you know, if we post about variety packs, we always sell like 10 more that week. But yeah. I mean, sometimes we're so busy that we can't just be posting about stuff all the time. Yeah. Um, but I think it's probably about the same. I know there's a lot of like algorithm stuff. I'm still not an expert on that. I'm yes, so... Like save your posts, <laughs> engagement, all of these yeah. things. And we talk about that now in our business plan seminars when we talk about marketing in the business plan as well. So it's, there's so much. And I think, again, things are just evolving and changing so quickly. Entrepreneurs that collaborate with each other, they're able then to keep each other in the know. Yep. And I think too, being authentic in your posts, like a lot of, I don't know if you've seen like my social media, but like, I like to tie in my family. I like to tie in things that I, that, that I'm passionate about, whether like, so it might not have anything to do with kombucha. So I think if people see like the face behind the business and, um, I, I used to know almost all my customers' names. I think yeah. I almost probably do. And I think like having that personal touch, people like that. People like that sense and they feel connected to something. Yeah, certainly. And there is that debate of whether you should be the face of your company or not, right? Mm-hmm. And I think some people can gain really good advantage from that, mm-hmm. especially if there's like a support local and they know the person behind the local business. Has there been any hurdles for you with that? Any pushback ever or tricky situations because you people want to talk to you directly? I think is that like from the very beginning, it was like, like I'm mostly kombucha. Like it was funny once I was walking down the street and someone's like, oh, look, there's mostly kombucha. And I'm like, oh my God, I feel famous. But you know what I mean? You are the business. Yeah. I just feel like for, for me in my situation, I feel like I just, I like to keep it personal. Okay. I'm a very personal person, I guess. And yeah. yeah, I just, I like to keep it that way. Yeah, certainly. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned, Caroline, just now a bit about the business plan and some of the other advantages. And I, and I know that you've both said that to to have that can impact so many other things that you do. So I want to get into a little bit about impact of funding and mm-hmm. what you can, how you can leverage your business plan to do really well when it comes to that. But before we get into that, we are going to do our speed round. Okay. <laughs> so if you're ready, ready, you can both just jump in anytime. Right. Short answers. Okay. The first question is describe yourself in a word or two. <laughs> Daring and bubbly. <laughs> Authentic and funny. Great. Uh, the next question is what motivates you? Food. Kombucha? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, creativity, helping people. What keeps you up at night? Netflix. I think I'm the funny one. (laughs) That's a good one. Everything. Um, as an entrepreneur, you never turn your brain off. You're always kind of thinking like last night I couldn't sleep. Yeah, absolutely. I would say to just where is this going to lead to Like what's happening? Where are we going to be a year from now, six months from now? Definitely keeps, keeps me up, up at night. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the, who's the most influential person to you? Oh, my mom. Mm-hmm. Definitely my mom, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to agree. My mom. <laughs> what is one thing in business that you're so happy you did? Attend Rock My Business Plan. Uh, I would say not burn bridges. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I would I would second on that. <laughs> Collaborate with people. Mm-hmm. Don't burn bridges. That's right. What is most important for your mental health? Sleep. Routine. Okay. Yeah. 
What is one thing that you were wrong about? Hmm. How long the pandemic was going to last? Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I think so. The size of my production space because I'm already yeah. growing it. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, how do you personally continue to learn and grow? I think surround myself with people that are just interesting and doing different things than I'm doing. Yeah, I can, I can, I think that as well, like always learning, always taking classes mm -hmm. again, like not having like an entrepreneur background, like I'm always learning new things. So just continue to learn. Where are you 10 years from now? Traveling. <laughs> Eating. <We're> allowed, yeah. <laughs> I hope traveling. I hope travel is yeah. definitely on there. Um, I would like to grow my business a little bit bigger. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. I'd like to be Canada's number one brand, but mm -hmm. we'd like there to open um, a few different locations. So that's something we're thinking about right now. Mm -hmm. Exciting. Mm -hmm. What does being a leader mean to you? Oh, supporting people. Support, inspire. Mm -hmm. That's our speed round. All right. You can relax now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That was tense. That was fun. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you can see your body language change while you guys are yeah, doing it. Uh, were you going to tell us a story, Michelle, about being kept up last night? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, so it's been like a crazy year. Mm -hmm. And I've had a lot of things on my mind. And so I couldn't sleep last night. So I just woke up and went to work and I hammered them all out. And now I feel great. <laughs> oh my gosh. I do that sometimes working really late or like getting up early and just immediately starting work, no breakfast or anything like that. But I don't usually get up in the middle of the night. Well, it was probably like 6 a.m. at that point. Okay, so okay. it was time to get up. I usually get up and spend some time with my daughter in the morning mm -hmm. and then go to work. But I was just like, and it's crazy because all of the things that I had in my mind, like the right people make, called me that day. So I was able to actually like not solve the problem, but at least have a plan in place so it was a good day. Yeah, there is for... that sense of relief, isn't there, when mm -hmm. you get a lot of stuff done. Carolyn, what's that version for you when you're working with a bunch of different startups and you're trying to get oh, new ones on board okay. and support existing ones? Well, and... that's what I love about my days is every day I'm talking to different people. And I think for me, it's routine. You know, when I keep my routine, um, I have phone call times scheduled for different times of the day, but always those blocks of time business plan reviews, same thing. So I know that I'm really well hydrated and, you know, I'm able to look at cash flows. <laughs> I think like for me, it's just, you know, and I love the, um, the variety and it, it's great when you get on a call with an entrepreneur who's just excited to tell you about their idea and is just looking for help, yep. you know, just hearing their story. Um, I think that's the best part of my, my, job with Futurepreneur is hearing all the different stories for all the variety of entrepreneurs that we support. Yep. It's a big fun part of what we do here mm -hmm. at Start Canada Podcast <laughs> too, because we get to hear all these stories firsthand, mm -hmm. right? And it is a lot of fun and it does energize you too when mm -hmm. you're listening to this um, or hearing the stories firsthand in your case. Now, I want to talk about funding as promised. Mm -hmm. So Caroline, if you continue on your thought process there yeah. of, of helping people with their ideas and they're coming to you, mm -hmm. um, when you set them up with a business plan and support, that's one piece of what you do. Mm -hmm. They can just come to you directly for funding, in which case, what are you recommending they do? What are you looking for? Yeah. Well, we are looking for that business plan and cash flow um, and a healthy credit score. Those are the things that go into establishing whether or not we can uh, support them through our, our lending program. Mm -hmm. So I, I would say that right there. And it, you know, you're going to need a business plan. And cash flow projections, regardless if you come to Futurepreneur or you go to a bank. Right. You know, or you go to the bank of mom and dad. 
They're going to want to see the plan. They're going to want to know, you know, what is it you're going to be doing? How much is this going to cost? You know, what might happen if X, Y, Z happens? So what is your recommendation for that, for people going to their family for funding? Do you say like, absolutely don't do it. It's a horrible idea. Is it okay in certain instances? Do you have advice on that? You know what? I would say it really just depends on the person, the project, and then the family. You know, like we have the saying, like you, you might have to start with Frank. Friends, relatives, and anyone you know. And it's just, that's just how it is. And then also coming to us. I mean, like for us, our lending, it's up to $20,000 with Futurepreneur. Then we have a match from the BDC. It's a two to one match. So it's up to $60,000 for our startup program. Our side hustle, it's up to $15,000. You know, it's, it's just such a great program. And I have to say too, I'm really proud about how we supported our entrepreneurs throughout the pandemic. Um, something that Futurepreneur did that other lenders didn't do is we didn't defer payments for our entrepreneurs. We actually made the first six months of payments and interest payments for all of our entrepreneurs that were in our program prior to April 1 of 2020 for the first six months of the pandemic. Which is amazing. Yeah, it was like $7.6 million. That what did that paid. mean for you were still in the program at that point, Michelle, I right? Was, um, yeah, like I, I I thought my payments were being deferred and they're like, no, they're being paid. And I was like, what? Like, it's just, you know, and like when the pandemic hit, it's like, so our tap room opened January 11th and we had like two killer months and it was awesome. We had so much momentum. And then I could see this like thing happening. And then, you know, within like a couple of weeks, all my wholesale was closed, everything. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> like, um, so yeah. So to have that support is like crazy. Awesome. Yeah. Like, you know, cause obviously, you know, all the numbers are running through your head. How am I going to pay my bills and things like that? Um, for Wolseley Kombucha, we switched everything online. We built a full online store. We did it in four days. So we were only actually closed for, for mm-hmm. one week, four days. Yeah. See, and that's the pivot in pivoting I'm talking about. Yeah. Right. You know? just did everything. Yeah. So even workshops, I still offered workshops and people still bought starter kits and just, it was, everything was through Zoom. Um, so yeah, it's just like, you know, thinking outside the box and making still, you know, being able to make ends meet yep. and having like, it's it actually interesting because my initial business plan didn't have a tap room. Um, but the spot that we found, like the commercial space had a door to the sidewalk. So I'm like, oh, let's build a little tap room. And that's my saving grace was having that direct to customer sales. Wow. So sometimes it's it's planning and then sometimes it's just, you yeah, know, at the same time things are lining up. Yeah. <laughs> and I love it too. I don't know if you've been there before, but it's so cute. Not really. yet, yes, but we were, yes. we're going to go very soon, I promise. <laughs> um, we're lucky that you're in our city, so we can do that in this mm-hmm. case. Um, okay, so when it comes to that funding bit then, Caroline, you just well mm-hmm. described the, the process a little bit and some of the different types that you have. Michelle, walk us through the different types of funding that you personally have received along the way. So um, I got the loan through Futurepreneur, so that was for 15000 and then I got the top up to with BDC. So that was up to 30,000. That's the, the mm-hmm. amount at the time. And then I got 132 from Women's Enterprise Center. So, mm-hmm. and it, like different vendors will say, you know, you can ask for money for different things. For cash flow, BDC was okay covering it, but Women's Enterprise Center wasn't. So different vendors also have different rules. So I was able to, with all of that, I was able to make everything work. And I think that's an important point for our listeners there that if you are looking for funding and someone says we're not you're not allowed to use funding to buy that type of item or to spend on that type of cost, there are potentially other places that you should be looking. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um 
you know, they all have different rates and there's, they all have different payback, um, little, like the terms are a little bit different. Um, but I think also too, like I have the support from Futurepreneur, from BDC and Women's Enterprise Center, and I've used all of them. And it's, you know, just being part of like a community, like I have a huge support team and I have my mentor that, you know, we still keep in touch. And, you know, he was, he's been an entrepreneur for years. So just having his support, we would meet for lunch usually once every six weeks and, Typically, when I met him, he had five other entrepreneurs with him. So, like, one of the entrepreneurs there was the mentor for Browse by G. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's just, like, networking and connecting with people. And, you know, if I needed an item, I would ask him and he'd be like, he would shoot me in the right direction. So, it's just, you know, being a new entrepreneur, having that mentor and that support is is awesome. Yeah. And it's built in with the loan or the funding that you're receiving. Yeah. And so for you, there's just that added benefit. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And Caroline, that's obviously something that Futurepreneur planned out or knew was effective. Yes. Yes. We know that entrepreneurship, it's lonely and you can't always go to family for advice, nor you might not want to. Mm-hmm. So to have support, someone who can just be kind of a guiding hand through that entrepreneurship journey that has a higher level view of what you're doing. They're, you know, they're not in the weeds with you, so to Mm -hmm. speak. Um, They can kind of guide you into different options that are available to you. And so with your funding, whether you're the side hustle or the startup funding, do they both come with a mentor? They both come with the mentor match. Yep. Mm -hmm. And tell us a bit about who those people are and how you find your mentors. So our mentors are volunteer mentors and um, they are either entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs that have minimum of five years experience. The majority of them have well over 10 um, now, because uh, one thing that's great that's happened because of the pandemic is getting everybody to realize how um, useful remote learning is and remote connectivity. Um, so we are able to match mentors outside of province. So if we do have an entrepreneur um, that's doing something that's very specialized and we don't have a mentor for them in Manitoba, we are able to match them outside the province and vice versa. So okay. that's actually, it's pretty great. Yeah. yeah. and. Awesome. Yeah. And sorry, go ahead, Michelle, if you're going to add to that. No, I was just going to say that's awesome because then you can match people a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Now, Michelle, talk to us a bit about grants because you've also leveraged those. And I think maybe even some listeners might not totally understand the difference between getting loans or funding mm-hmm. and grants. One big benefit of grants <laughs> is that you often don't have to pay them back. It's yeah. kind of what mm-hmm. they're all about. It's amazing <laughs> um, when you get that check and you're like, yes. This is just mine. It's mine. And like a lot of the times too, you've already spent the money. Like for me building a space, like I'm already buying all the fermenters. I'm already buying everything. So why not, you know, fill out a capital asset grant, right? Because that usually they cover about 25% of your total um, items that are specific to your business. So it would be anything that's specific for me, anything specific to making kombucha. So any of our fermenters, um, any of our brewing equipment, our kettles, and like all of these things add up. They even were lucky to put the walk-in cooler because once the kombucha is ready, it has to be refrigerated. So they included that as um, as an item specific to kombucha. So they paid back 25%. So I got a check. <laughs> so, capital yeah. And the thing is too, like, you know, you just keep investing the money back into the business. But I think getting those grants is what's able to, you know, like sales and things like that mm-hmm. are also obviously mm-hmm. going to help you build your business. But if you have these grants, like that's just extra cash that you're able to, mm-hmm. you know, put back into your business. Mm-hmm. And, oh, Sorry, ahead. I was going to say you have that grant now too, where you are uh, safe from, at home. That's so right. Right now. Yeah. So the safe at home and B grant, 
I heard about it and I literally applied. This one only took under five minutes. I did it on my phone in my pajamas (laughs) and it was just like, this is what I can offer and a quick, you know, figure out how much, how much you're going to ask for. And it's, um, it took me under five minutes and I'm basically offering free kombucha classes. So it's great too for the community, right? It gives people something fun to do. I think I've taught over a hundred people now since the beginning of January, how to make kombucha and there's different levels of classes and it's free for them and I'm getting a grant out of it. So it's, it's a win-win. Yeah. That's one thing we do talk about too, about when I asked that question, our speed round about mental health and how you Mm -hmm. kind of just stay healthy in all ways. Right. And one of those ways is to do different unique things and try Mm -hmm. new products and support local because you're going to learn something and engage in more than just a purchase. Right. And so I think that's really neat that you're doing those workshops and that Mm -hmm. that was able to be facilitated through a grant. Exactly. Yeah. Cause I, I always offer grant, um, workshops, but you know, sometimes like, you know, maybe only a couple people will, will sign up, but now like they've just been filling up and some people aren't even actually, um, going to make kombucha, but they, they're like, I've heard so much about it. I just want to know what it is ah, to understand so, the process better. So I've talked a little bit more about like what kombucha is and the benefits. Cause people sometimes are like, I've heard the word kombucha, but what is it? So I've changed the workshop this round a little bit differently. So it, a bit more beginner friendly. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's deviate really quickly. What are some benefits? You talked about gut health earlier. Yes. What are some other ones really quick? Um, so kombucha is a fermented tea. It um, has uh, beneficial bacteria. It's going to help improve gut health. It also has organic acids. So it detoxifies the liver and the blood and it balances the pH in your body. So it helps make you, it helps to make you more alkaline. So when you're more alkaline, you're more less, sorry, less susceptible to disease. Oh. is what they say. Okay. okay. And I put um, you on the spot there. I felt like you did really good. There's also B vitamins. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're getting all the antioxidants, everything from the tea. And then if you're putting ginger in your kombucha or whatever you're adding, like you're just, it's the elixir of life. There you go. <laughs> I love it. It tastes really good. And it tastes really good. And it tastes really good. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. Back to where we were with, uh, with grants. Now, my understanding is there's a lot of grants out there, but they're just hard to find. Do you guys have tips on finding the right grants and, and applying for them? So there's lots of provincial grants. If you're in Manitoba, there's the Manitoba Agriculture Grants. So there's the Capital Asset Grant or there's the Market Research Grant. Um, I've gotten both of them. Um, capital asset, this is the second year because, you know, as your business grows too, you're like, oh, I need another 50 kegs, you know, and like, it's expensive to buy some of the equipment. Um, so why not apply for the grants? The, mm-hmm. They can, they can say no, right. If you don't get it, you don't get it, but you might as well apply. So those are the two big ones, um, that I've gotten. Um, there's also some grants for if, you know, I'm doing my HASA program. So there's some grants you can apply for that. So I would look provincially what the grants are. Um, and then federally, I would just check like federal grants, like do a Google search and a lot of stuff will come up. And I would say too, like just talk to other people in the ecosystem. Like you, you're very open um, and willing to share about, Mm -hmm. you know, what you've, what you've done and what you've accessed. So I think that's great. And I think people just want to help each other right now. So, you know, just pick up the phone and ask. Yeah. 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 And that's just been really the best way for you to Googling, asking, Mm -hmm. like you didn't have some secret website that listed them all magically for you. You know, late night Google searching and, you know, okay, check this out. Like there's like, there's still more grants out there. I'm sure I haven't found them, but I will. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. But yeah. No, but it sounds like you've done a really good job. Yeah. So far, like the, like I said, the Manitoba Agriculture Capital Asset Grant has been the biggest one that I've got. Mm -hmm. So super grateful for that. Mm -hmm. And Colin, I know if you're not inside the city of Winnipeg and you're looking for different supports, there's some other organizations that you guys kind of work closely with, like Community Futures, right? right. How does the, how do theirs work? Tell us a little bit about that. Um, so, so 
Well, for Futurepreneur, we're unsecured lending, right? So that's, I think, the biggest difference between the variety of lenders that are out there. Um, for Community Futures and Women's Enterprise Center, those are secure loans that are, are done. Um, but for outside the city, I would say definitely Community Futures is one of the best places to go. Um, and then ask like your local um, business center or um, chambers of commerce. Again, they can connect you to other entrepreneurs in the ecosystem. And then, of course, the other financial lenders that are out there. And in, in Manitoba specifically, we're also doing some a push right now. Our provincial government has said they mm -hmm. want to help with funding to support, right, you know, with restart. recovery, That's young right. entrepreneurs. And so mm -hmm. this is a category you guys fall into. Mm -hmm. um, why do you think there's that focus on young entrepreneurs and on that restart programs for this age group? I think it's, again, comes down to the ability to pivot, not being stuck in your ways mm -hmm. and just really seizing opportunities. Um, I think, too, a lot of young Manitobans have been impacted um, by employers shutting down and really just wanting to take their fate into their own hands and starting their own business rather than working for somebody else. So we see that with a variety of different industries, whether it's, um, you know, engineers, um, welders, um, you know, people that are in restaurants wanting to just start their own, um, you know, all kinds of all kinds of different businesses, really, and where people have been impacted. Um, same thing like in beauty as well. That's one of the industries that's been really impacted by the lockdowns. And, you know, we do see entrepreneurs that are kind of budding in those those different industries because they have been affected and haven't been able to make a choice that choice has been made for them by their employer, whether they work or not or whatnot. And so I think it's really now people are just looking at having more control or a different type of control over their situation. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You mentioned earlier too about um, leveraging your network when it comes to finding out about grants, just asking around. Mm -hmm. What other things should young entrepreneurs ask of their network? Has there been, you know, good conversations you've had, Michelle, with just people you knew that led to great things? Or, or Caroline, do you have tips around leveraging your network? I've been to networking events where it's like, tell me what you need. And it's like, I need a bottle supplier. And someone's like, oh, I know someone. Like, mm -hmm. it's just really just I think asking just, what yeah, you need. And being honest and mm -hmm. not worrying about what someone's going to think about you. Mm -hmm. Just, I think, being really yeah. authentic and just also wanting to learn from other people. Um, another great resource is actually to reach outside of the province where you might not have competition. Mm -hmm. Call somebody that's doing the same thing in another province. Find out what they did. Um, you'd be surprised how willing people are to speak about those things and tell, tell their own story. Yeah, that's a great tip. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, you know, for kombucha, I'm part of uh, the Kombucha Brewers International. So there's a Canadian side and it's it just happens to be a lot of females and we're just like, we're all there to support. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, for HACCP, you know, I was asking some questions so they would guide me in the right direction. So whether you're looking for a bottle supplier, you're looking for something, if you just ask the group of people, it's likely someone will have an answer for you. Yeah, I think it's that that pride piece a little bit, right? Dropping mm -hmm. that and just, because mm -hmm. just, I think we all want people to think that we're in a really good place with our business <laughs> or our project, but... Mm -hmm you know, asking for what you need and, and dropping that veil a little bit. I think, and that's one thing that we've seen too come out from um, our new way of working is like we created an internal Slack channel for our entrepreneurs. So the ones that are new coming into our, our program can all connect with each other and then the existing ones can as well should they choose to. And we've seen a lot of people collaborate that way. Mm -hmm. 
Now, Michelle, have you found mentors for yourself that through networking as opposed to only through um, some of these funding programs? Because it sounds like you have some awesome mentors through some of the loans and things you've gotten. Have you found yourself other ones? I have um, like a commercial mentor. So she's um, actually the founder of Kombucha Brewers International in LA. And she's helped me grow my business. Like, because, you know, how do you take a small batch and, you know, make times it by a hundred, right? So um, she's been my commercial mentor, just kind of, you know, when things go wrong in like in the brewery, like what, what to do. So she's kind of helped me on that side of things. Okay. And, and Caroline, if we were trying to find our own mentors out there in the world and we're not able to be matched with someone through a wonderful mm-hmm. program like yours, what should we look for in a mentor? What questions should someone ask that's a young entrepreneur? I would say somebody that actually asks you questions as an entrepreneur, as opposed to telling you what to do. Yeah, I think the best mentors that I've had and the way I've tried to mentor people when I was mentoring through Futurepreneur was really just more to provoke thought and to um, really get curious with the entrepreneur, popcorn, some different ideas. But really, rather than saying, oh, you should do this, it's more like, have you thought of this? Or what do you think of this? Or, you know, tell me a little bit more about why you're so set on doing something a certain way. And I think, you know, being curious as a mentor and then also being curious as an entrepreneur really gets those conversations going. Yeah, it sounds like that's kind of a key personality trait, right? To be curious and also to be Mm -hmm. passionate about what you're doing. That's interesting. I'll have to take notes. So when I'm a mentor, (laughs) we're going to be coming to you soon to be a mentor. (laughs) Yeah. So how does that work? Sometimes you have mentors that are people that have gone through your program and they're five, 10 years down the road and now they're coming back and supporting. Is that frequent? Yeah, we are seeing more of that. And why not? Because they understand the program. They understand exactly what a youth entrepreneur is going through. Um, I mean, our, our mentors that have years and years of experience are also fantastic. I think it's great to have a mix of both. But definitely, you know, um, and I think to a lot of our mentors, they just want to give back. You know, a lot of them didn't have support or mentorship when they were going through their entrepreneurial journey as a startup. And they realized, you know, if I only knew what I know now. Right. Mm-hmm. And again, it's that whole hindsight 2020. Yeah. But so if you can share with somebody so that they don't have the same growing pains. Yep. Why not? Okay. And Michelle, this is a perfect question for you to listen to because I'm going to ask Caroline again, but it's, if you're wanting to be a mentor, maybe this is a good question. So Caroline, when I've heard of like training programs for mentors Mm -hmm. and things like that, because there are things that they don't necessarily all know when it comes that time to flip the script where they're the ones who are going to mentor now, what makes a really good mentor other than, so you said asking questions, but what other advice would you have for someone who wants to be a mentor themselves and, and give their time to somebody else? Um, I would say just somebody that really also wants to learn more. I would say like I learned so much about so many different industries because again, too, like we're not going to pair a mentor for Michelle like uh, as another kombucha um, brewer, right? Okay. You know, because we want her to expand. Um, We want to support her in areas that might not have been her wheelhouse, Right. So I think like for people that are wanting to be mentors, it's also um, continually educating yourself and keeping up to date and your youth entrepreneurs will help you do that. (laughs) And I think that's neat too, to hear that you don't necessarily recommend matching perfect industry with perfect Mm -hmm. industry. No. That both people might gain more from having that diversity of thought. Absolutely. And then it's less competitive. It's more collaborative. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can see that. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. And 
Michelle, I wonder from your side too, when we're talking about this networking kind of piece and mentorship piece, when you're getting started and you have a product that is for sale and it's for really sale to anyone, like pretty big market of people, like, you know, as long as they're open to what the product is, how do you find that fine line of using your network to help you promote what you're doing and to purchase your products and not kind of bothering them too much with helping to support and sell your product for you? Like, did you, have you found that you can ask people for help promoting what you're doing? I think if people, like a lot of people say, like, like our logo so bright and makes them happy. So I think if people, you know, believe in your product, they want to be part of, part of it. You know, like we host um, photo shoots every year and there's usually about 20 people. Hopefully we can do that again this summer. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and it's just like, you know, like the last photo shoot, I had one of my friends that we've been friends with since grade two, you know, so it's just like having these people and then they see their photos in the feed, right? So they feel connected. So I think just, you know, if people feel connected to your product and to your brand, they're going to just, they'll just support it without it feeling like they're, they're, you know, marketing it or does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and you can also probably leverage those ones that are, um, that are kind of coming forward and saying, it makes me smile. It makes me do yeah. this. You might say back, well, could you, do you mind reviewing us? Do you yeah. mind? You yeah. Know? Like, I'm, like yeah. you know, people, like I have some customers that say, you know, my IBS is completely gone. So I've said, Hey, do you mind, you know, taking five minutes and write a testimonial? So, you know, I have a collection. I had them for my business plan, the testimonials mm-hmm. and, um, you know, so it's just like, there's lots of opportunities for that. Yeah, absolutely. It all sounds exciting. And it sounds like you do get a lot of really great testimonials. <laughs> and so what is next for you and Wolseley Kombucha? So I'm writing my second business plan because it's a living, breathing document. <laughs> um, so I'm in the process of writing the next business plan and I'm realizing my space is, is tiny. Um, so yeah, we're just kind of figuring out... Um, I've, I've, I have the idea of maybe having a few different locations, like one more in Ontario and then maybe one in BC or something. Um, so that's something we're thinking about or just having, yeah, we definitely want to have some growth. We want to grow. Um, we're just, I'm working through the business plan to see Mm -hmm. what that's going to look like. Exciting. Caroline, how about you? What's going on at Futurepreneur? What do you think is going to happen in the future here for you guys? Oh my goodness. It's been so exciting. We've grown our team here in Manitoba. And we have a great partnership with the province of Manitoba as well um, through their Restart Manitoba program. So where they're supporting Futurepreneur. Uh, so that's something that we're very grateful for. Um, more, more webinars for sure. I'd love to do in-person business plan coaching again, but you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And the upside is, is that we can reach more people in Manitoba by it not being localized to a specific True. place, you know, by being remote. Um, you know, we're reaching a lot more people. So we have the Rock My Business series coming up again. And that's soon. free, right, Caroline? That's right. And that's the beauty of what we do is we don't charge for these services. Anyone can go to the website and um, sign up for the interactive business plan writer. In fact, we know that people are using it all around the world. And I think that's just a testimonial to what we do. I know of post-secondary institutions that use our cash flow um, Excel workbook to teach cash flows in entrepreneurship classes. So um, I think it's just how we've been able to collaborate with some amazing people in the industry and develop these resources Mm -hmm. and the fact that we don't charge for it. So, um, you know, it doesn't matter if you're 18 to 39, you can be 56 and download that business right. plan no writer. No one is stopping you from going to the website and That's downloading right. it. All yeah. those resources are there. They're free. We have the YouTube channel as well. <laughs> and, and what is the website, Caroline, if someone wants it to go? It is futurepreneur.ca. Perfect. And Michelle, how about you? If people want to find you and Wosley Kombucha, where do they go? 
wolseleykombucha.com. Easy. Okay. And they'll find all your social media and everything there too, I'm guessing. Fantastic. Well, Michelle, Caroline, thank you so much. That is our show for today. All right. Thanks so much for having us. I am so happy you came. Thanks so much. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to learn more about our guests, visit startpodcast.ca and be sure to rate and review us wherever you're listening. If you're new to the show and want more Canadian business inspiration, subscribe before you go. Start Canada Podcast is produced by your host, Margot Miller, with audio and visual creation by Event Pro and support from Dunar Systems. Start Canada Podcast is powered by the Manitoba Technology Accelerator and Tech Manitoba and sponsored by Scotiabank. Scotiabank.